0: This episode is sponsored by Live Oak Bank. Live Oak's dedicated hardware store financing team has the experience to confidently guide you through the lending process and can provide a financing plan to help your business thrive. Whether you're looking to refinance or fund an acquisition, a real estate purchase, a partner buyout, or an expansion, Live Oak can support your goals. They know the work that you put in day in and day out to be a successful independent retail hardware store owner with Live Oak's dedication to speed, efficiency, customer service, and in-depth knowledge of the retail hardware industry, they'll take you where you need to go. For more information, visit liveoakbank.com slash hardware store or call Brian Meisenheimer at 571-217-3022.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Taking Care of Business podcast. I'm senior editor Lindsey Thompson and I'm really excited to be on site at Hartville Hardware talking with one of our Top Gun honorees, Scott Summers. Um, also joining us today is Gary Summers. And Zach Koblenz. So, really excited to get to talk to all three of you today and hear more about what makes your operation special. Uh, Scott, let's start with you. Can you just kind of introduce yourself? Um, what's your role in the company and how you how you came to be with Hartwell Hardware?
2: Yeah, well, thank you, Lindsay. Yeah, so um, I'm my current role as president of Hartwell Hardware. And so, I give leadership to the hardware division of our hardware. Um, Lumber Building Materials Division of our company. There.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Gary, how about you?
2: Hi, Lindsay. I'm Gary Summers, and
0: Harvo Hardware is the largest um, brand within a, a family of businesses, mm-hmm. um, HRM Enterprises. And so my role is CEO of HRM Enterprises, and it gives me the opportunity to um, be involved in not only the hardware
3: side of the business, but some of the other fun things that, that we're doing as well.
1: Awesome. And Zach?
3: I'm the uh, COO of HRM and um, I I did grow up in the hard, hardware business and maybe we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but um, yeah, right now I, I give, I have more concentration in our fulfillment services for our e-commerce and our customer service team there. Um, we also have a flea market and marketplace and then uh, one of our newer acquisition, Laymans, which is a retail um, store as well. So.
1: Awesome, so let's talk a little bit more about this HRM Enterprises, because I think it's one of the things that really makes your operation unique. So I'll let Scott, you kind of lead off, kind of tell us a little bit about HRM Enterprises and what's all under that umbrella.
2: Yeah, so so I am actually the uh, fourth generation, part of the fourth generation family ownership group, right? I'm the oldest actually of 20 grandchildren okay. that are that are now part of that shared ownership. Yeah. Um, Gary's my brother and Zach is my cousin. Okay. Um, so HRM itself actually started in 1939. Okay. Right. So, um, in 1939, we started, uh, my great grandfather started a livestock auction, like most small towns have, mm-hmm. uh, that livestock auction, uh, uh, went for a while, he passed away. My grandfather took it over and, you know, as, as uh, he also had a, uh, junk line outside like a flea market and a uh, the classic lunch stand mm-hmm. that great-great-grandfather, mm-hmm. great-grandmother ran. Um, and so my grandfather was a classic entrepreneur. From that sprung a whole bunch of businesses. One of my favorite parts of that story though, uh, happened with the lunch stand um, there. So in 1954, the health department came in and said, hey, you can't serve food over the cattle pens anymore. <laughs> before that, before that was no problem. <laughs> yeah. And after that, they said, not a good idea. Okay. So by that time, the livestock got shit. A lot of the farmers had moved out of our area. Things okay. were slowing down a little bit. And my grandfather decided to close down the sale and start uh, start the kitchen. Okay. And so that was beginning of the Hartville Kitchen restaurant,
3: mm-hmm.
2: which which has grown quite a bit from that, from then. In fact, how much is the kitchen seat now?
0: About four hundred and fifty in our main dining room, and then we have banquet facilities and meeting rooms that take it up to about eleven or twelve hundred.
1: Thanks. I uh, had the pleasure of visiting Harpel Harbor back in June, last June, and got to eat at the kitchen, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> it was so good.
3: Well, you, well, you know, it's a lot of the uh, pies that we still serve mm-hmm. um, and are great grandma's or great grandma's recipes oh really uh, okay from from back then and well yeah so make our own salad dressing but yeah the pies thing is we were known for for cakes and pies then and so it's kind of cool that we still have those same recipes that we yeah that we use today yeah
1: that's awesome so hartville kitchen is part of hrm enterprises what else is under that umbrella
2: yeah. So, well, back at that time, then it was just Hartville Kitchen, and the flea market kind of turned into a flea market. Mm-hmm. So we had a flea market and a restaurant. Um, a few years later, um, many of the listeners may know our, our uncles, which is Howard uh, and Wayne. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Howard was nineteen at the time, 1972, just getting married, and my grandfather came to him and said, "Hey, there's a store for sale in town.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: How'd you like to get in the hardware business?" Said, I don't know. And uh then my grandfather said, "Well, I need to know by Monday because he wants to sell it somewhere else." <laughs> oh, so that was the start. Five thousand square foot <laughs> store. Howard was nineteen. Wayne was seventeen. Okay. And uh, my grandfather was a prototypical entrepreneur. he's he wasn't coming to that store every day to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So he said, "Here, you guys go." Right. And um, two years later, they moved into a twenty thousand square foot facility that they said would never ever fill up. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew that facility for the next uh, 38 years into 2012, when we built a 300,000 square foot store and then moved here.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So that's the hardware side of the business. We also have a few other businesses out there. Gary, would you mind uh, sharing about a couple of them? Yeah, so we have changed a lot over the years.
0: So for many years, it was the restaurant, a hardware store and a flea market. And those were really our public facing um, businesses and what we were known for in our community the most. After that, um, we embraced, uh, change some more and moved some of the business um, from brick and mortar retail to e-commerce. We didn't move the business, I guess our customers did, and that's what they were asking for. So, so we adapted and we, we now have a pretty significant portion of our business that's e-commerce related through our own websites and through the different marketplaces. Back in 2006, we got involved in a, in countertops as well, and uh, we had a local friend that um, was in that business and decided he wanted to exit. And so we we um, joined in with him for a while, and eventually took that over. And that's Top Advantage Surfaces. We have a really strategic relationship with Cambria Countertops um, out of Minnesota, and and that's a big part of what we're doing as an organization as well. Um, then in early 2020 we ventured outside of Hartville to um, further about an hour away to northeast Ohio and um, bought a lumber yard and small hardware store and have have kind of expanded our geographic reach and that's been a really good thing for us mm-hmm. as well and then most recently we added layman's um, to the to the family of businesses layman's is, an omni-channel company that focuses on simple living they have a retail store but very heavy into the e-commerce side of of um, retail as well and and also in in that same time period added a a small contractor store just down the street to focus on some of the pro customers
1: awesome awesome so you guys have, have a lot going on here. And so I think um, you know for our top guns honorees, you really are kind of focusing more on the, the hardware side. So uh, let's dive into that a little bit more and um, Scott kind of talk a little bit about your technology strategies and how you guys have been utilizing technology um, here at Hartville.
2: Yeah, so like, like everyone, technology is an important part of the way we run our business. It's changed quite a bit over the years. Um, in 1982, we got our first computer system, Triad. Okay. And um, it was amazing. I, hear, I wasn't around at the time, but I heard the stories from Howard and then his grandfather. He couldn't believe it. You know, the salesperson came in, told us it would be $110,000. Oh, my gosh. And he's like, oh, there's no way that dad, my grandfather, is going to go for this. Right. And at the time, he was willing to go out and do that, which was just amazing because the store was not that big at the mm-hmm. time—hundred ten thousand dollars in nineteen eighty-two—and um, it's kind of been amazing. I think they chose wisely because you know that triad became the Epcor Eagle mm-hmm. that we still use today, okay. and uh, so that's been a good thing for us. Um, you know, over the years, I think that we've run every last ounce out of that system. Mm-hmm our people really know it well, and we use all aspects of the system, from the delivery portion of it to the mm-hmm. advanced ordering, and, and really everything that system can do for us.
1: So you were in 1982, that's that's pretty at the forefront of technology. And so um, you've also mentioned that you guys had your first e-commerce site in the early 2000s, is that correct?
2: That is correct. So. Generally speaking, our philosophy would be to be like a fast follower on technology, mm-hmm. not be first the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: 82 was kind of first the game for the hardware store, probably. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we started in e-commerce in early 2000s. That was not being first the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there was lots of other people doing e-commerce mm-hmm. by that time, but it probably was pretty early on for the hardware channel. Sure. Um, and one of the things that we realized really quickly is we've got to have people focused on on that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, in order to be successful, this is not something you can do on the part time. So like today, for example, uh, throughout our organization, we have 13 people on the development and IT side mm-hmm. of the business. And then we have another 15 people really what we call on the digital marketing, our website mm-hmm. side where they're actually um, putting the content on, doing the marketing behind it, doing all the graphics and everything. So it does take a lot of focus mm-hmm. in order to, to do that well.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so what else are you guys involved in um, in technology, in the technology world?
2: So one of the things we've been uh, messing around with for a while is digital price tags. Mm. Um, we've been doing them for quite a while in our appliance area because prices change there all the time. Sure. Um, you know, um, we also, um, have a price scraping tool where we go out and actually shop uh, 15,000 items every every two weeks and then compare them against the retails and set our retails to those same retails. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say that's that's one that's once again not new technology but mm-hmm. really helping us a lot. Um, the uh, an additional one that I that's been really helpful for us is a gross profit map we use mm-hmm. Once again not high tech but using, uh, we just use our locations in Eagle, downloads through a spreadsheet, make a map of the store, and that tells us our uh, gross profit for every four foot of the store. So that's been a really, a really good tool for us over the years.
1: Yeah, and so shameless plug, Cody Miller from Harville Harville will be uh, one of our panelists at our Independence Conference in Dallas in August, and he'll be talking all about the map and and sharing, sharing that journey, so. Come to the conference. You can hear more about it.
2: <laughs> yes. And, and I'm going to plug the NHPA as well on that because Cody attended um, training. He went through, I think, the university program.
1: Uh, retail management certification yes. program. Yes. Oh, so he works. went through
2: that a number of years ago mm-hmm. for that program, for his capstone project. He did this gross profit map mm-hmm. for us. And I will say that we have got the dividends paid over and over and over on that. Mm-hmm. So that was a really good investment. Yeah. In the, yeah. Education there,
1: yeah. Um, so when it comes to technology, you guys just do just such a great job of choosing those processes and products and services that that work for you. You know, like you said, you don't have to necessarily be on the cutting edge, but you're just really um, using what works for you. And I think that's just a, such a great lesson for other retailers to to take away.
2: Um, yeah, like speaking of not cutting edge technology, another thing that we've done this year is we really focused a lot on onboarding. Like what's it look like for the first four weeks when a person Mm -hmm. starts? Now in order to do that, um, you have to have content and things to train them with. And so once again, we hired a dedicated person focusing on training, but then, you know, she didn't have any tools to use first. Mm -hmm. So she got a learning management system and a content creator, but instead of creating all our own content, one of the things we were able to do is uh, license the NHPA Mm -hmm. training and while that's all out there for everyone, uh, for us, it was hard to get it spread across the organization correctly. Mm-hmm. So we were to get that, put that in the LMS system, and then have a system for tracking who's done it mm-hmm. exactly. You know, when someone starts in lumber, these are the classes they need to do, mm-hmm. versus someone who starts in paint, they yeah. have to do a different class. So not new technology, but actually making it work work for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's huge, uh, especially with you know labor issues and everything going on, with the retaining employees that has... Has to be such a great tool for for y'all
2: yeah it's wow. been really great awesome um, you know along with that the other thing that makes that work for us is we do have a, a dedicated videographer and social media person mm-hmm. you know, they do both mm-hmm. for us yeah and so that's really helpful in creating this content then to absolutely. share absolutely absolutely that's that's been a helpful thing
1: yeah yeah ac- absolutely um so technology is is great for you guys but i think one of the best best things that you guys do really well is company culture. I think that um, you guys have what's almost over 900 employees across across the board and um, just from the visits that I've had previously and that NHP has had previously, your employees just speak so highly um, of your business. And so kind of kind of talk to us about that company culture, you know, some of those values that are important to you all and, and how you maintain such a positive company culture. Mm.
2: So I think the beginning of it all was we inherited us three, mm-hmm. we inherited a great culture. Sure. But what we didn't ha- inherit was a really good way to like, put that down and write it down. Mm. And so that was some, that was a project that, you know, Zach really had a lot of involvement in and I was wondering Zach, if you tell about a little bit about the guiding statements. Sure.
3: Yeah. I think the uh, the guiding statements, like like Scott alluded to, the culture that we have mm-hmm. inherited was, it was, was great, amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And so when we thought about our guiding statements, you know, one thing we wanted to do is put down on paper something that was already happening because mm-hmm. um, we wanted to preserve that culture for generations and generations. And so, um, actually, when we started it, I know our, our uncles were like, oh, this is like the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> right? They, 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 I've, I've heard a lot of companies have done this and it's never really panned out. Um, but for us, that was not the case. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we kind of sold it to them and it's like, hey, this is um, something to... Per, you know, preserve our culture mm-hmm. that you guys have already created. And so we worked with some of the different stakeholders, shareholders mm-hmm. and stakeholders. It was a long process. It was hard. Scott and I worked on it together mm-hmm. and it was probably five, six years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that. 2018 now. actually. We did 2018. It. Yep. Okay. And it was hard because everyone had different thoughts and ideas mm-hmm. and was trying to get everyone um, on, on board with it. Uh, but it was very rewarding. And, and when I look back on that today, you know, we try to put down a paper, this is how we actually behave. These are things that we do better than 98% of businesses, right? And um, when I look back on it, we use it for recruiting, we use it to train, we use it for to just to talk to our team members about, you know, what's important to us mm-hmm. and, and attract
2: attract the people that we want and it's been really a great tool for us
1: yeah
2: i think it's been especially important as we've moved outside of hartville Mm
1: -hmm. and had
2: to figure out how to take this to other locations
1: yeah that's so that's so great zach that you know you guys have been able to create those consistent values across the board and be able to share those you know across all parts of your company um and you had mentioned before that uh these, this idea of these 20 group meetings. So, uh, Scott, kind of talk to us a little bit more, a little bit more about, uh, what are, what are these 20 group meetings?
2: Right. So as you grow as an organization, um, it's hard to stay kind of in touch with everybody
1: mm-hmm.
2: and to know everyone. And, um, so one of the things that we've done is start 20 group meetings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one time a year. Now COVID messed us up a little bit on that one, but we get together. Um, we've been get, trying to get together twenty at a time, um, just to have a time to talk. And really, the primary part of it is promoting culture. Mm-hmm. So this year we had eighteen meetings across the hardware division. It took me about a whole week to do it, and we just mix up people. So we'll have some delivery drivers, some cashiers, some outside sales staff, and then and we'll get together and we'll talk. Um, you know, that was the way we introduced the guiding statements the first time. Mm-hmm. That way we could do it a small mm-hmm. in a smaller group and have some feedback. Um, so along with our guiding statements, though, we have a couple other things. We have one other thing that, that I really like. Um, we call our strategic anchors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our strategic anchors are best place to work, mm-hmm. best guest experience, and long-term sustainable results. And what I really like about those is the way they play off each other. Because, you know, the best place to work gives you the best most engaged team, Mm -hmm. which then in turn gives you the best guest experience. Mm -hmm. And that best guest experience really is going to lead to long term sustainable results as well. Um, So this year we had our 20 group meetings and our focus was best place to work. Mm -hmm. So we got to we got together and um, I asked everyone, I said, hey, maybe you don't love your job. I really hope you do. But there's one thing you like about your job there's Mm got to be so let's hear what you like about your job Mm -hmm. and so everyone then one at a time would say what they liked about their job and what we heard just just over and over again is i like the people i work with Mm
1: -hmm.
2: well i have to say that that took me back just a little bit because, you know, my hidden agenda for it, which wasn't really hidden, but I I wanted to know why people like to work here because the whole idea is how can we perpetuate that? Mm -hmm. How can we continue to make it a better place to work and make it better? Um, So when they said that, I was like, whoa, what am I going to do with that? Because I can't just hire people that you want to work with. How how are we going to find, how are we going to know if you want to work with them? Yeah, Scott and I attended a bunch of those meetings as well
0: and and it struck me during those meetings um, saying that I've heard before and that is that you know your culture is made up of the people that work there every time somebody joins your team it changes a little bit every time somebody leaves your team it changes a little bit but you and I had attended a a seminar earlier in the year um, that was put on by a by another local company And one of the things that they shared was a concept of like draws like. Mm -hmm. And that just really resounded with me because when they went further and explained what that meant, it was really when you have a team of good people, Mm -hmm. it's going to attract other good people. Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody that's not really a nice person, they're probably not going to fit in very well at Harville Hardware because our team is made up of a, a lot of just really Besides being really talented, they're just really good and nice people. So that concept of like draws like um, was significant for me and resonated when I heard this
2: um, theme throughout the twenty group meetings,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which then really made sense when you look at the second thing that was the most said thing. Second most said thing was, "I like our customers," and that was that was really intriguing to me because I've heard from, you know other people come from other other paces, other big box stores. And they say, wow, our customers here are really nice. They're just a little bit better than most. And, and then I thought, like, oh, that kind of all comes together a little bit. You know, our customers are drawn to a place that's, that, that's a little bit like the people that they, that they want to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, I think together, you know, it, it just kind of shows you how, when you have this, a, a nice culture to start with, it's easier to perpetuate mm-hmm. than turning it the other way. Cause if you got not very nice people, not very great team, they're going to probably draw other people that aren't really nice. And it kind of continues on that way as well. Um, but that uh, during those 20 group meetings, it was just a great time to get together. You know, we asked them what they like about their jobs. We also liked them what asked them what would make their jobs a little bit better too. Mm-hmm. And we've taken some notes and done, and we have some things in place going forward uh, to try to, Address some of the things that they said. Hey, this could be a little bit better.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. It's just it's so cool to see how your company culture just it's just it's part of of everything, everything you guys do, and like it's a huge part of why you guys are so successful, alive, and, and uh, have done so well. Um, so we talked about technology. We talked about the company culture. I'd love to hear um, from each of you if there's anything else that you think really makes Hartville hardware um you know really special and unique.
2: So, you know, for myself, when I think about the um I give credit to Howard and Wayne for a lot of this, but there was two things that they did exceeding that they did exceedingly well. Um one was set a culture of tracking a whole bunch of stuff, mm. keeping score.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um and the other one is empowering mm. their people. Mm. Um, so Starting with the tracking, um, you know, we have over twenty-five different profit centers that like tell us, you know, tell us what areas are doing much better and what areas aren't. You know, tying payroll right to those, so you know, I can tell you how profitable our paint area is compared to our clothing area, compared to tools. You know, probably one of the big reasons that's probably one of the reasons we're into power tools so heavily. You know, you'll hear most of our members say, "You can't make any money selling tools." I'll say, well that does okay for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we know really, we're able to know what works and what doesn't work in those different areas. Um, And we take that down even to, for quite a while, we tracked our end caps. So we knew which ones were most productive. It helped us make better end caps, better decisions and learn from that. Mm -hmm. Um, The second part of it is really empowering our team members. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: You know, I think that our, you know, the second, um, strategic anchor is best guest experience. Mm-hmm. Well, that's done by team members, and only part of that is really the traditional customer service. Mm-hmm. It's what they do to make our our showroom and our mm-hmm. store so great as well. Um, you know, we have done a big tool reset just now. We're rebuilding our idea house. Mm-hmm. We tore it all down, and it's going to open again uh, shortly. Um, we've done a bunch of other resets, and you know, that's not that's not me pushing them. Mm-hmm. That's the team saying, Hey, here we go. I want to do this. Uh, best example that I actually have is the gingerbread house. So the team knew that our idea house was gonna to get tore down after Christmas. And so, um, a couple of them came to me and said, Hey, we want to turn the existing house into gingerbread house. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? What? Are... Well, to them, that meant repainting the front of it, mm-hmm. uh, decorating it like crazy, using a lot of our own stuff, turning PVC pipe into candy canes. Mm-hmm. Um, they just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, um, And so I think that culture of empowering our people has really paid, paid dividends. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that makes the store that experience overall so good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. When you, it shows that you invest in your employees and then they're in turn willing to invest in your company. And um, Gary, what are some of the things that you think make Heartville really special?
0: I think a differentiator for Hartville hardware, hardware, and specifically the Hartville location of Hartville Hardware, hardware mm-hmm. um, is the way that we we're able to create um, experiences within the store. Mm-hmm. So, for a hardware store, I think we're a destination retail experience. Absolutely, and and part of that has to do with the size of our store, but it also has to do with some of the events that our team puts together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we probably do that um, better better than most, mm-hmm. and that creates an experience for for our guests customers um, that they remember. it, They spend more time in the store, more mm-hmm. time in the store, it leads to spending more dollars in, in the store. They bring their families. Um, I see often um, entire families mm-hmm. in here, not just the one working on a specific project. And so I think of events like our um, Christmas open house, our um, spring home and garden event. Mm-hmm. We have two really big tool sales. Um, and then also a, a grilling event mm-hmm. that just um, all of them knock it out of the park. Um, our team loves to do them. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. but they it really um, creates engagement for the team,
1: yeah.
0: and I think it creates engagement and and um, experiences for mm-hmm. for our guests and customers as well.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I am a huge Cleveland. Well guardians fan sorry oh, <laughs> <laughs> and so i've already told my family when we come to it we try to come to a ball game uh, in cleveland every summer so we are going to be making a stop in Hartville as well so we can come see you guys because my kids would love this place so uh,
0: sounds good come
3: see us yeah
1: absolutely uh zach what do you what do you think makes makes you unique
3: yeah, I think I I think I don't know if there's anything different that hasn't been said. Yeah. I mean the the thing that I would highlight more than anything is a culture of uh empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think like Howard and Wayne, um, one thing that they that they've done, they've showed that too, is is when they were ready they didn't hold on too long. Mm-hmm. A lot of organizations, you know, when especially if there's an owner there. They hold on too long mm-hmm. and um howard and wayne have transitioned well um out of that mm-hmm. and and probably um earlier than what what most and that's that's i think helped us um be able to succeed in our roles too and um the experiences that they provided for us mm-hmm. like in putting us in different places yeah. um, that we learned and not in they let us make mistakes mm-hmm. um you know really has helped us me and, and as we move forward and so i think that just that culture um that they have created um and that we've uh, been blessed with and it's not just the culture of like hey everything's okay it's all rainbows and whatever <laughs> you know unicorns and rainbows although my uncle Wayne doesn't like unicorns <laughs> he thinks they're evil or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh it's not it's not it's not all that right and, and it, you know it, some of it is like hey we need to get this done mm-hmm. and that's part of a good culture too is, is having a, some accountability to that too and yeah. so you know it's it's per- everyone wants to perform you know they want to do well for the team and and by the team and so yeah um I think that's that's what I would
0: say. Zach, one of the things that you said, um, that the culture of, of empowerment, you guys both said that. Um, when I think of that, I think of a saying that, that Howard always did. All of us is smarter than any of us. And I think that's resonated throughout mm-hmm. the organization. Scott mentioned it with some of the team just stepping up and just doing things, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're empowered to, to do those things, make those decisions, take mm-hmm. care of the of the the customer um but yeah that all of us is smarter than any of us Mm -hmm. sometimes it slows down the process a Mm -hmm. little bit by bringing in a lot of people Mm -hmm. into the decision making but it also creates a lot of engagement a lot of Mm buy-in to what's happening and so when you help create it you
2: you're more engaged
1: absolutely and i want to
2: pile on that one the the tag on to howard's quote is if you want to go fast go alone if you want to go far go together um And I think that the, um, leadership that not only Howard and Wayne, but our dad and other uncle is a shared leadership approach. And I think that is, uh, that is what we're trying to model also as a team Mm -hmm. going forward. Um, Zach mentioned that transition of them out. And so I want to give a little shout out to them right now. So right now, you know, they're both still in the business here. And when I say in the business, um, Howard is in Florida about three months a year or so. But Mm -hmm. when he's down there, he's doing what he loves. He's working on the pricing and system still. Mm -hmm. He's still heavily involved in that and loves it. Um, But, you know, kind of a step down from being a senior leader to working on a system Mm -hmm. that he's able to love. Wayne went part-time last year. And part-time for Wayne is 40 hours a week. (laughs) But I asked him, then I said, okay, what do you want to do, Wayne? He said, I want to do exactly what I'm doing right now, but I don't want to go to any meetings. Okay. So Wayne's has an area that he buys for, and he now he just loves it. He buys a lot of our food and impulse items, mm-hmm. and and he is so good. at He's the best merch I know. So he actually buys it, he makes the PO, receives it, stocks on the floor, and does back to his roots. And he just he just loves and does such, such a great job at that. Mm,
1: I love that. I love that. Um, and that just. Just brings us, you know, to my next question, which um, we've kind of, you already kind of touched on Scott, you know, Scott, you're the, you know, you're, you're a top gun, you're our face, but really it's, it's Hartville hardware that is, that is the top gun. And I just love that um, you brought in Zach and Gary and, you know, have really given a lot of credence to your uncles and your grandfather. Um, is there anyone else that you want to talk about that have really played into your successes along the way?
2: Zach's so whispered whisper over there that I have to thank my wife. <laughs> <laughs>
0: probably so, a
2: good call. <laughs> probably a good call on that. And and there is no question. Uh, Cami, my wife, has, you know, um, she does not work full-time outside the home. Uh, she helps out. Uh, she has over the years, and she comes and helps whenever we need help. But that's enabled her – that's enabled me to spend a lot of time and focus while she does all the running for the kids and stuff. That's allowed me really mm-hmm. to uh, – Give focus to the business here, um, and then when I come back to the business here, myself, the self, you know, um, the team that I get to work with every day is, you know, that's what makes it. I I really do um, very little compared to what you know, the boots on the ground, visible leadership that is given by our managers and our sales team is just tremendous. And that's really what makes us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So to wrap it up, uh, Scott, what does it mean to you to be named a Top Gun honoree?
2: You know, it means a lot. I'm very thankful. Um, because I think that our team here, you know, as I said, we're we're seeing this as team reward. I think our team deserves it. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, they have worked hard to build this place over the years. And, uh, really I'm, I'm excited and uh, humble to accept it Mm -hmm. for the whole team.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for joining um, me today. Scott, congratulations. Uh, Gary, Zach, thank you for joining us. It's been really fun to um, just hear about the operation and hear about what makes it so special. And I'm so glad that we got to do it here in the store, overlooking the store, which is really cool. Um, So thanks so much for your guys' time. We appreciate it. It's
0: been a pleasure. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you. Appreciate
1: it.